Hey, y'all, this is Ashley, also known as Bored Becky, and you're listening to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. And I'm like, Travi, come on now. Like, you, you got this under control. Yo, what's up? It's G Love, and I'm fired up with Travi. This is Danielle Petty, co founder of the 90s Babes, and you're listening to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. What's up, world? It's Spotty Wi-Fi, the king of the crypto punks, and you are now tuned in to Fired Up on the Blockchain with my guy, Travis. I'm Ray Isla, and I'm Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travis. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and DGens, for the thousands in attendance and the millions listening in podcast land. My name is Travi, and we are fired up on the blockchain. Hey, Travi, let's effing go. Woo! Welcome to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. This is Travi, Travi.eth, Travi.nft, Travi.crypto. And I hope you are getting ready for the holiday season in style. Hope you were able to pick up some nice gifts for some loved ones, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or anything else. And uh, maybe even if you wanted to pick up some digital identities for them as well, you can hop on over to... The show notes where I've got my friends and DGENs and family link for you to get your own unstoppable domain. That's right. And one thing that's really special, I think, for me as the uh, founder and creator of the Journey NFT is that if you were to track our artist support fund, you can start to see some of what we're collecting and moving into that wallet. Uh, and that's uh, at thejourney.888. And thank you to... Sandy Carter and Liz Morrison and the whole team at Unstoppable Domains. Uh, it's nice to have um, our own links in our own domains affiliated with the journey. And uh, it's great that so many of you out there have been on this ride with, with us over the course of, oh, these 33 episodes as we head into the holiday season. We're going to have a bit of a, a playful start. I'm going to try a couple of new fun uh, things that we uh, haven't done in a while, and we're going to see if it sticks. We're going to see if the format sticks. We'll have our NFT uterine session early in this episode today, and uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it with my buddy Gregarious, the founder of Zealous, who many of you know. I use Zealous a lot, and a lot of content creators I know use Zealous a lot. Uh, if they are a YouTuber or they are a Twitter space host, uh, Zealous creates a homepage for you where everything is just right there. And with the click of a button, you could turn it into a podcast or even I can upload podcasts into Zealous and uh, turn them into some interactive social media things that you will be seeing soon, which means that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you'll be seeing my face and not just hearing my voice, which I don't know, might be a gift or a curse, depending on which way you look at it. But speaking of seeing my face, yes, yes. Uh, previous episode, I talked about what happened down in Miami at Art Basel. Uh, I talked about uh, what, what went on at NFT London in an episode or two before that. And I will be representing in my hometown area of NFT NYC in April Talking about Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi, talking about the Journey NFT. But another place you can find me, and I'm so happy that it's finally kicking off, is, of course, NFT 365 Season 2 with Fanzo. I am on two episodes 
Uh, that's episode 370 and 372, where, that's right, your boy Travi is a co-host. So that's really a great opportunity for uh, us to just grow together, right? I mean, many of you know Fanzo has been uh, quite an inspiration for a lot of us who got our, our feet wet in Web3 in, in 2022 um, and, of course, 2021. And now working alongside him, not just as a friend and a partner and advisor of the journey, but also as a, a co-host of, uh, you know, the biggest NFT <laughs> NFT podcast that exists out there. So Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travis, a sister podcast to that. So I hope you're having fun with, with getting to know all these. On episode 370, we talk with Anna Skates, who is the founder and creator of the Every Little Step project and that is an initiative that puts uh, step stools and allows things to be accessible for young people in uh, businesses uh, where young people have a really hard time getting um, simple things done like washing their hands in some of the restrooms and things like that so through her nft project she's making the world a lot more accessible and reminding us that yes young people like my two and three year old are also real people and it's important to keep that in mind so congrats anna just sold out her every little step nft collection so that's on episode 370 and 372 super cool we get to chat with roddy who's uh actually david rodolitz who is the one of the founders of the Flyfish club along with gary vaynerchuk and chef connor hanlon and chef Capon and they uh, have an NFT restaurant slash social club that I've talked about on this podcast before. I am a proud holder of that NFT, and hopefully, I can see you there. And uh, some of you know, especially if you are early holders of the journey NFT, what I do in Web3, you can do in Web3. So, anything I have access to, you will have access to, which includes, uh, you know, if you want to come to the Flyfish Club with me after it opens. Uh, every NFT, we have access to a table of up to eight and then, of course, times at the bar. So I'll be happy to host some of you there as well. It is a very a hard thing to get your hands on, but it is not impossible. They do sell them right there on OpenSea. I think there's about 1% or so. Um, but, you know, it's a diamond-handing community. And anything you know that um, these chefs and Roddy put their hands on and, of course, have the... Gary uh, Vaynerchuk and their their restaurant group is called the VCR Group. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of what they they touch turns to gold because they know what they're doing. And speaking again of, of knowing what they're doing, we're gonna have a great conversation today, right off a of Twitter space with my buddy Greg Garius with Zealous. Right after today's, that's right, is back NFT uterine session. Hey, 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 it's time for school. Yes, for anyone who asked, that is my three-year-old, and I miss that little voice. So for today's NFT uterine session, if you're anything like me, you're bullish on IRL events. So today's NFT uterine session's about IRL events, and I want to talk a little bit about it because IRL, if you're newer into NFT, stands for in real life. And uh, it's a it's a common phrase now, <laughs> but when you're talking an IRL event, it just means an activation, something that's going on that you could um, come to. And many times you can go to it if you're a holder of an NFT. I've mentioned an IRL event or two or ten or a hundred on this on this podcast, and one we actually just held in Miami. Uh, holders of the journey, along with holders of the '90s babes and crypto tech women. We're able to go to an exclusive IRL, right, in real life, VIP event, 
um, in Miami Beach, and they were able to access it by registering. And uh, all they had to do was just show that they had ownership of the NFT. And a lot of times, that's through different apps, or sometimes it's just through a, a personal sign-up page. But one of the apps a lot of people like to use is Token Proof. I've found Token Proof to be very safe so far. I used it for many um, parties and events that I've gone to. So. One thing that's important for you to know, if you're in the NFT space already and haven't been to an event, or if you're uh, just kind of learning about it now for the first time, uh, it, it's really it's a really very safe way to um, verify that you own this token without having to, you know, do a, do a whole kind of sign in thing where you you go to the event and then you log back in and it's a whole bunch it's a whole mess. You really kind of log in once when you create your account. You. Uh, a lot of times with token proof, you'll give it access to read your uh, your account or your metadata to see what's in that wallet. And then um, as soon as you give it the access, you could uh, disconnect right? and you never have to really reconnect again. It just automatically will read what's in there. And then there's usually a, a corresponding app that comes along with it and you just sign up with the app. And just like Eventbrite or any of those other ones that you're used to, you could just get yourself a ticket right through there. And a lot of times they're free if you uh, hold in a... Uh, uh, one of the NFTs. So please be on the lookout, especially, you know, once the the freezing winter comes to a, a close and things really start to open up in April in NFT NYC, there will be IRL events, especially the journey will be teaming up with some. And that's something that I think if you're a holder of an NFT, yeah, it's cool to get merch. It's cool to, you know, maybe sell your, your token on secondary at some point. Uh, it's cool to have access to things in the metaverse. But one of the things that you really can't replace are the person-to-person connection. And that's why um, I've loved going to some of the IRL events. And I hope that we get to see you at some too. And today, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Greg Garius about some of the IRL events I've actually seen him at. And, you know, it's funny because when you meet people who maybe you've connected with through NFTs and Web3, sometimes feels like you've known them forever. So we're going to get into that in just a second with my buddy Greg Arias. But this has been today's NFT Utering session. Hope you enjoy. And I am stoked tonight because not only do I get to talk with somebody who has one of the greatest products or services that are in existence today for creators in Web3, also someone I can call a friend, and that is a good friend, Greg Garius. Greg, welcome to this stage, Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi, man. Pleasure to have you tonight. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. So, you know, it's what's funny is that, you know, I've used Zealous now for, I'm not even sure how long, because you know, I feel like it's something I could have used for forever. Like, I feel like it's something that as soon as, uh, you know, you and I talked about it and I got an account for it, I was like, how the heck did I ever do anything without Zealous. So we're going to talk about Zealous or Zealous.1 uh, a little bit today and, and how it's really changing the lives of creators, content creators, um, not, you know, audio and also video too, man. So there's a lot of great stuff that you've been working on, but holy cow, you've been busy. I've been busy. We've been all over the place. And what's funny to me is, and I know I've said this to Jordash and, and a couple other people within our um, NFT 365 crew there, but did you and I meet officially for the first time in London? Because I feel like we've known each other for a really long time. I think we've been in spaces and whatnot, interacting around things. And it's possible we were at the same event, but that was the first time I think we met in person. <laughs> so I know like, um, 
I think I've like, I've been at like maybe three or four events with Fanzo this year. I think you've been around probably some of the same ones. And it's just timing wise, you probably never bumped into each other or we were just really drunk at some point and walked by each other. Yeah. So I think either of those things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of the things that I am talking about on today's podcast episode in the introduction um, is, you know, a little bit of why I'm so bullish on real life events. And I, I think that it's like friendships like you and I have developed in fans, as you mentioned, and I see Becky and Liz are here too. Um, th- these real life you know, we call them IRL experiences or, or whatever you want to call it in a Web3 world. I, I, there's there's a lot to be said about it. And to be completely honest, like there's different utility cases out there for different, you know, NFT collections and different NFT projects and stuff like that. But I think some of the most fun and unique things, bro, have been the real life experiences and events that we've actually got to travel to. And I just saw you at the wow gala down in Miami. So how was your Miami experience? Let's start with that. Uh, Absolutely true. I think the IRL parts have been one of the best parts of the year. Wow. I mean, Miami was just amazing. I, I had no idea what to expect, I guess, going, you know, heading down there. Uh, it was my first time going to the, you know, any R Basel and Miami R Basel as well. Um, and yeah, I think, you, you know, like when I, I have some experience, I guess, trying to do these like marathon conferences from doing South by <clears throat> Southwest for, you know, f- 15 years or whatever it may be. And, you know, there's a certain degree of like, you sign up, you know, and I think the dist- let me, let me point out the distinction, I guess, at, um, in South by Southwest, you're basically just signing up for parties because you're like, everything's impossible to get into. And it's, it's, you know, a horrible experience if you don't know somebody or don't know a way into things. Right. Um, and it like web three art Basel in particular, um, getting into things was, you know, um, oftentimes like a, just a function of like, are you like part of the community already? Um, which, you know, can be a difficult rate limiter sometimes, I guess, but you know, also not like the most impossible one, but also I would say, almost all the events I put on my calendar, uh, I knew like at least one person I wanted to go there to meet, or I knew like there would be like zealous users there or something like that. And so I feel like the, the things that I did put on my calendar that I like mentally said, I'm definitely going to were awesome. I like, I met lots of people that I had never met in person. Uh, I got to meet lots of users of zealous, which was, you know, extra special, um, and just to hear, you know, and meet and see people, you know, and even having friends like you evangelizing constantly for zealous and bringing more people over to chat with us and stuff. Uh, it was just great, you know? And so I think, um, you know, I think like, you know, humans are a utility. That was what we were always going towards. Uh, and I think we, you know, the, the real life events, you know, are starting to like show some of what that's about. And I think some folks are saying, you know, this is, uh, I heard it earlier today, um, maybe it was, uh, in, in Shira and Fanzo space earlier today, but they were sort of saying it's like potential, like an echo chamber. Or, oh no, I think it was on Ryan Carson space, but either way, like, you know, like, you know, but it's a lot of people going and meeting each other. And I, you know, here's the thing, like, I think, um, it would be foolish to dismiss, uh, the small part for now. Right. Because I think strong ties and bonds are created now. Right. And, um, it doesn't work at scale, right? Like it works in a smaller scale, not a massive scale. And so it's better for us to be there together. Uh, meeting each other and like reinforcing what we know and, uh, you know, also adding to like, you know, whatever um, uh, facts we have about the people that we may want to work with over time. Yeah. And one of the ways that is funny because one of the ways I know that 
you and, and Zealous are catching on is that all of a sudden everybody's like, oh yeah, I know Greg. Like, oh yeah, I, I love Zealous. Like, what? Like, I'm I'm glad you do, and I'm glad that you love Zealous. But hey, no, Zealous is my thing. What do you mean? So it, <laughs> it's kind of one of those funny things that not only is it catching on, but those of us who use it, you know, we we love it, and we really feel like it's something that is really making our life better, um, especially as content creators. So if you're out there, especially if you're a host of something or Twitter space host, um, and yeah, Greg, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of some of the newer things that you've added. Because, you know, even when, when I started using Zealous, I don't think that I, I could have even, I mean, I was, I was talking with some marketing agencies, you know, and, and I was getting quotes of, of upwards of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for, for different marketing campaigns that involved uh, social media content, you know, so we'll, we'll get into a lot of what, what Zealous is doing there. But yeah, man, um, you know, let's, let's break it down a little bit. Cause I do see too, I see Moishe's here as well. And, and he's a content creator. He's got his, his own podcast and stuff. So I think there's a lot of people who can get a lot of value um, out of not just, you know, Zealous itself, but listening to our conversation today. And, um, you know, and also getting to know you as, as well, getting to know a little bit of your background, what led to this. And as I said, we were, we were just in Miami. I know for me, I think it was only three nights, but yeah. it could have been, it could have been three months. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this year feels like three years. So <laughs> I know, I know NFT NYC, which was apparently in June of, yeah. of 2022. <laughs> Not so, even that long ago. <laughs> I know. And then and we were in London and yeah. you know, we got, we got to actually get to know each other really well in London with, with a lot of the other people who were there. And I have to say for me, and this is why I really wanted to talk a little bit before we got into the nuts and bolts of Zealous and some of the things that we're doing with the journey. And shout out Tyler Vaughn, our, our artist. Um, the reveal is going to be this week for that. Um, you know, is is actually that that week or so that we were in London. And I think that a lot of people got to know each other really well in London. And I think that it was done in a really unique way because one of the biggest takeaways from people, and, and I know I believe you were at NFT NYC as well, um, that that it was so spread out and not just spread out, but it was simultaneous. So there were for NFT NYC in June, there were seven venues going on at the exact same time. And whether you were going to, you know, radio city music hall to see one, or you were going somewhere uh, in, you know, the, the main kind of conference uh, hotel, or you go into one of the, the breakout speaker areas, it, it was, it was a little bit um, difficult to see everybody if you, if you were just kind of trekking back and forth. And, and plus obviously all the satellite events were spread out. But London was all in one building, bro. And it was like yeah. right across the street from Big Ben and the part like you could look out the window and you can see Parliament, Big Ben, Westminster Abbey is all right there. And I think we got a lot of value in really getting to know one another, other creators. And for me specifically too, getting to know a lot of artists in the NFT space. What were your takeaways from uh, NFT London? Yeah, I thought, I mean, I'm a big fan of London. I used to spend a tremendous amount of time there. So I'm always happy to be back there. Uh, and I, I think, um, I do think, you know, that that format and everyone being in one building, I think is certainly better than sort of the big massive, um, you know, like citywide sort of events or the sprawl that they, they have, which they'll apparently have again in, in New York. Um, but I think it's, it speaks to something, uh, better, uh, or more important, I guess, underneath it. Right. And I think, um, you know, my, my old co-founder are always at odds on this because, he was sort of like more of the sales person. And I think anyone who knows me knows that I'm not shy about selling, but, um, but you know, like he viewed like most of our participation in things like around, like how many people like volume. And I'm like the opposite person ever. Uh, I just like believe in investing in like 
like much higher quality conversations, meeting people. And, you know, I like to like see the same people as much as I can over the course of a few days. Right. Because there's, there's multiple benefits to it. Right. I think it adds some depth to like the relationship that you build with that person. Um, it also like is really useful, like in terms of like actually divide and conquer kind of for the whole event. Right. Because you're there, someone knows you well, you meet someone new and they're like, Oh, I've been hanging with this guy or hanging with this, this person. Um, you know, and, and they make introductions for you as well while you're there. And so it gives you like even more network on the ground, I think, if you do that. Uh, and the best part I think is that those, like I have friends that I've been, I've been doing this my whole life. And, you know, I have friends that I know forever now, like that are literally like one time in a conference, you know, and it's because we spent like a bunch of time together instead of just passing out cards. And I guarantee you, like if you give me your card or you give me like we, we DM on Twitter or like, or whatever it's going to be, like I'm crappy at following up. Right. Like I just lose track of everything. And, um, it's really difficult to do like in that environment, but if you get to know somebody, right. And you spend time and you invest in them and they invest in you, then, you know, I think you leave and you, 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 you know, you, you look for them the next time. And that's, I think even what happened for you and I at, you know, in Miami, right. Like it was like, you know, someone to hug, like hold on to and like, you know, you had somebody like that you knew and you could like, where you're going next, you could plan together, et cetera. And it, it just makes the everything easier and, and more fun. Yeah. And I, I did, I said the same thing, you know, like, like you said, it, it does feel like maybe you saw him at one conference, but you're like, wait, like, was it really just one conference? Like whether it was, you know, you or, or Selly from crypto tech women who happens to be an advisor on the journey as well. And Jordash and, and obviously Fanzo, like we'd be sitting out, all, all of us would be having dinner. And the next thing you know, it's just kind of like you're, you're talking about the future of Web3. You're talking about all fun things going on with projects that you're working on. And, and it really becomes this really this kinship or this bond. And, and I really wanted to open up talking about that because anyone who's here and I see a lot of people here, if you're a holder of the journey, like one of the big things for me is going to be getting people involved in a lot of the real life things that, you know, that, that I have access to, or that we have access to. So whether that means the event that we just had down uh, at the VIP event in Miami, where we teamed up with the nineties babes and crypto tech women uh, at that mansion in Miami beach, which I know Greg, I, I saw you at for a short yeah. time. And that was really fun, um, right right on like right on the water there. And then I know we have some fun stuff planned for NFT NYC coming up in April, uh, which by the way, if um, if you haven't heard, I got approved to speak at that. So I'll be speaking about the journey, fired up on the blockchain with Travi as well with my podcast. And of course, I do have to give a shout out to my my I don't know my mentor, uh, my, the person who inspires me to do so much in this space, um, who's Fanzo, because uh, you know signed on to to co-host uh, nft 365 season two and we got a couple episodes already uh, recorded so that's going to be fun we'll look for those coming up soon so you know greg i know we've been busy um you you and i have both been busy building and before we, i, I want to get into zealous so if anybody who's here in the house tonight uh, please make sure that right before we get in i'd love for you to reach retweet this space not just to to get more people to to see that it's going on but to get people to understand what Zealous is really doing. I'd really love for more people to hear about it. I talk about it on almost every pod. Well, since I started using it, almost <laughs> definitely every podcast, because prior to, to having Zealous, Greg, I think I was literally, you know, it took days, I think, to download or store a Twitter space. Um, and then obviously had to upload it into whatever I used to do the podcast recordings. But sometimes like I would just I didn't want to wait days, so I would literally just play it. And if anyone listens to any of the earlier episodes of Fired Up on the Blockchain, 
with Travi. And by the way, there has been growth and development. Um, and a big part of that is because of Zealous. Because I would literally, Greg, sit there and I'd hit play and, <laughs> and, let, and let the thing just record into, into, you know, whether it's like GarageBand or, Anchor <laughs> or one of those things and just let it play and hope the kids didn't scream in the background. And this I know the, uh, the old days of recording on a cassette off of the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you know, those old days were like, a, like a month ago. So, mm-hmm. and they, and they, <laughs> so let's get into a little bit, man. Let's talk about what zealous is. Let's talk about your background. And then uh, I know that there's been a lot of advancements and things that you've added to it, even since I started using it. So tell us a little bit about you and, and how you got going here. And uh, what- wow. Yeah. So that's a probably a long story. I'll make it as short as possible, but, um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And so, uh, you know, I actually started building tools like social tools or things for this space since way back in 2003, I think it was. Uh, so back then I was building soft, like I built like a, you know, an identity platform. We we're building like blogging tools and all kinds of things like that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, being involved in social early days, of social media, I also like essentially like Uh, I was a creator as well. Right. And so I did my first podcast in, I think it was December of 2004, right after Dave Weiner had announced the enclosure tag. I used to do a show called beer casting. Uh, I did 350 or 60 episodes in about six months across 11 cities in bars live with people because I basically, I hate talking to myself. I'd rather talk to someone like any day, anytime. And so uh, we were like the first social podcast. Everyone else was, you know, trying to produce stuff, you know, high polish, et cetera. And I was like just out in bars, you know, running a talk show, basically. Uh, I, you know, I've been a blogger since 2003. I've been a live streamer, a podcaster, you know, uh, made video content. Uh, I've just been obsessed with making content because I, I've always found it fascinating um, and exciting that people have a way to express themselves, to uh, to get their thoughts out, to get feedback on things. And then as well, I think, you know, as time has evolved to make that a living, right. Um, through consulting, through advertising, whatever it may be. Right. And now through memberships, I guess. So been on this journey for a long time, uh, ages ago, I was the first employee at a company called clout. Uh, and so that was my first like real foray, I think at scale into sort of like online influence, uh, and things like that. And, you know, it was a great experience. I was there for the first year. Uh, it was me and just the two founders. Probably could have been the third founder if I'd stuck, stuck it out maybe. But, um, you know, we ended up getting into Y Combinator and uh, I started my last company, Shoot, which was a user-generated content platform. So, uh, you know, Clout, ultimately we were scoring and ranking how influential people were. But what our business model was, was helping brands connect to uh, those influential people, uh, in shoot, we were user generated what workflow platform. So what we did was we helped brands identify like the top, uh, media being created by their fans. Right. And then provided them like the workflow and the rights management and the publishing to actually use that content in every, you know, marketing campaigns and, uh, in their own, um, you know, uh, advertising, et cetera. Right. Uh, and it was a great experience. Like, and we got more experience working with creators and working with, um, influencers and fans alike, uh, in that process. And, you know, at the end of that journey, um, you know, she got acquired in 2018 and I took a little time off and went around teaching, uh, big corporations, how to work like a startup. Uh, they call that innovation. Um, and, uh, you know, while I was waiting there though, uh, some things were stuck in my head about like, what was wrong at my last company. And fundamentally what I really was dedicated to is this idea of like, I've been helping the brands all this time, but I'm like a creator. And so 
how do I help the creators instead? Right. And so one of the things we originally started with was actually like a CRM to help creators understand and replicate the data that the platforms had about themselves, uh, about their audience for themselves so that they could then basically work directly with, uh, you know, brands and advertisers and actually get the bulk of the dollars that were going to Facebook and other folks like that. Uh, I still hope to get to that at some point, actually, even with Zealous, as you see it today. Um, we went on that the way that took for, manifested, by the way, was like a story based survey platform worked inside of like stories with swipe up. Um, the last year, though, uh, so this is actually Zealous is actually a three year journey. Um, we started building this like I was we were both part time uh, that thir- in that first year when we were building the data CRM thing. Uh, last year, my co-founder Peter actually went on full time and I was still consulting to basically bootstrap the company. Uh, so I was part time and we built a live streaming platform. We have a, comp- a full fledged competitor to StreamYard or uh, Melon runs in browser, et cetera. It'll be coming back, by the way, next year. Um, and how what that product did, what our aspiration was, was, you know, what we realized was like, you know, Patreon, for example, was building this model where as a creator, the only way to monetize um, or really get support from your audience was to do more work, right? It was to, uh, you know, it was to basically create new content or extra content or something that felt premium. And we said, well, one, that seems like a lot of work. And there's sort of this inflection point where you don't, where you may not even uh, be able to justify the work that's required to even earn like, you know, the dollars, right? That first customer, you know, for every startup, quote unquote, right? Like sucks, right? Because now suddenly you can't just drop the database. You can't, you know, just like, you know, not fix things that are broken, right? Like you suddenly become accountable. And, you know, as a creator who's already busy and they, you know, they put out a plan for, you know, five, $10 a month and like, I'll, I'll provide some custom art or something like that. Well, suddenly that first customer is like all of the work, Right. So we saw that as a problem. We said, well, what's easier than all that stuff? And we said, well, what do people really want? They want more closeness to the, the creators that they love. They want to be able to chat with them. They want to feel like they have a, they can just establish like a, a relationship or a rapport with them. They'd like to be recognized by them. And so when we built our live streaming tool, it was in the age of, you know, sort of clubhouse and whatnot. But I think the idea of it was really that could I connect live with people. And wouldn't that experience basically be premium enough, right? Where it was time boxed as a creator, like you only have to spend an hour, you know, a week or something like that with your fans. And if you did that, what you got though, was like a better, better product for your fans and also like easier to, to sort of manage income stream. Right. And I think we, I think we're on the right track, but I think we positioned it wrong. Right. And, you know, this is one of the big learnings from last year ultimately was that, while we like creators obviously could benefit from this, diverting them from like what they were doing well wasn't easy. Right. And most importantly, this very important distinction really came out was that, Hey, I've got an audience and I'm really good and efficient at monetizing that, or I'm getting better at it. Right. But a community is an entirely separate beast, right? It requires, um, uh, you know, planning and it requires like relationship management and it requires like, you know, uh, programming and a whole number of other things. And so what we were offering to those creators actually was something that was way bigger than the thing that they wanted. And so that's why I think we stumbled initially in sort of getting that product to like be viable with the creator economy. So, you know, heads in our hands, uh, we said, well, what, where else could this work, right? Uh, as all founders do when they're like, you know, stupidly built a solution without a problem. And, um, 
we started, you know, I was involved in web three, you know, got involved, uh, you know, building thing, uh, through our friend, Jeremiah working, uh, you know, through the AMA coin and ENS and a number of other things he brought me in, uh, along with, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and I said, well, you know, I'm in all these web three communities, aren't they communities? And don't they want to like talk to each other? And so, while I had this feature set, I was like, let me not rush into this idea. So we, we started to analyze it. And what we really found was that there was a massive problem with discord when it comes to community development. Right. Um, and w- w- the way I describe that problem is really twofold. Right. Uh, number one is that sort of at the top of the funnel, there's an awareness or knowledge problem because basically, you know, chat is usually where information goes to die. Right. And you basically have no way of knowing what was going on inside of a discord because there is no summary of it. There usually is like no staff or even if they have a lot of folks who are interested, there isn't a strong way to surface the important things going on. And so most of us declare bankruptcy on most communities because we're like 9,000 on red, forget it. I'm just done. Right. Um, and then the second part that we thought we noticed was a problem was that there was no surface area for doing any work. Now, I may be wrong, but my theory is that the best way to form community is to give them work to do, right? Because much like we were describing about, you know, going IRL, it is that effort of doing something together that actually gets us to know each other best, right? Um, And it gives us something to be proud of. It gives us something to be invested in. uh, And I believe that the more we empower ourselves to work on things, and those don't need to be things for profit or anything like that, but by doing things together, we will build lasting relationships. And those relationships, I think, can serve as the glue and the foundation of a strong community that can last for a long time. So come this year, January, I'm sorry, I've been going on a while. Um, we got into Techstars and we said, well, let's experiment to see if we could solve this problem. And so we started with the bottom of the funnel problem. We built a, a, a meeting tool that allowed you to have a meeting on one side and it allowed you to have the notes on the other and it transcribed that meeting automatically. And most importantly, it gave you a permanent URL for every meeting you ever held, which meant that, for example, if you shared it in Discord, someone could go back to it at any time and they could also still be able to participate, comment on the transcript, react and reply. All these features were there in our first prototype. Then we were like, well, this is interesting. We, we hosted 80,000 minutes in that first prototype. Um, but we said, well, this part seems like it will grow slow though. So is there other places in the ecosystem of what we call conversations that like we could target, right? And it turns out, you know, that basically everyone in Web3 is also on Twitter spaces. And so we said, well, we already have the tools and the, and the platform to like capture a convo, transcribe it and add these capabilities to it. What if we did that to Twitter spaces? And this idea actually was inspired by seeing uh, one of my friends, you know, Alex, uh, who's the CEO of Meta Angels. Uh, we were in YC together a long time ago. I saw her doing a new project. I was like, oh, cool. Like I got on, you know, was able to get a few of them. But I noticed on her website that she was publishing these Twitter spaces. But back then, Twitter spaces got deleted after 30 days, right? And so nobody, everyone was like linking to their Twitter spaces and they were totally broken. And I was like, well, this seems like an easy fix. So we started just downloading the spaces and backing them up just in case. We gave you a transcript, right? And then little by little, that thing became what you see as zealous today. So you're saying that you put some thought into this. 
Some thought and a lot of accidents. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy accidents as well. And I do have to say this too, man. I mean, you, you touched on so many things and I want to go down a couple of those rabbit holes too, before we move a little bit forward on some of the things you've added since then. Um, some people in this space know, like I got my start even before the podcasting thing since a- after I was making that transition out of being a, a teacher of students with disabilities. And in that kind of transitional process there, one of the things I, I did was I was added to the team of an NFT brand called Diamond Dogs, which is uh, founded by Evan Mendoza, who uh, now is actually going to be playing uh, on the San Diego Padres, which is really cool. But my personal journey within in that realm, in the Web3 realm, was, you know, I was approached to, to kind of take on the community Twitter space aspect of things. And we had a, a spot within that Discord where we were keeping track. I, I, we even made like special artwork for every single Twitter space and we were posting them in that Discord. Um, and like you said, they were getting removed after 30 days. And I was just like, man, like it took me longer to do the artwork for that Twitter space than the amount of time that Twitter space was actually saved on Twitter to listen to. And, it, you know, I even went back in um, probably in like July or August, like right before the podcast started. And I, that's when I went in, I started trying to download different things and realized like, holy cow, like they're all gone. Like literally all of them, except I think one that I had done in the last 30, because, you know, the, the summer was a little slow for a lot of brands, um, it was gone. And so I think that starting the podcast and then me, meeting you and, and hearing about Zealous really set me personally up in the right direction. And I know a lot of people here who are content creators are, are probably already doing their due, due diligence and looking up all the things Zealous has. But something that you mentioned too, man, when, you know, in your web two life, even, even before was that you worked with different influencers and now, and you decided to be an educator. And I don't, I don't mean to go down a totally separate rabbit hole from zealous in itself, but you know, as a thought leader, like you are one of the conversations that came out of Miami specifically, um, and this happened mainly because the, you know, the, the conversation that BitBoy had with Sonia at, um, one conference and then it carried over to the second conference and i actually had one of the front row seats to see bitboy and sonia kind of get into it um and big shout out too as well to to mary beth salas who was there and spoke up too to to bitboy as well and and the conversation was really like this it was um you know you can be an influencer but there's different types of influencers out there there's you know the negative ones that are um you know kind of more like those you know scammer types and then the positive ones that are the educators and I'm just wondering too, like through your experience working with influencers um, and and becoming an educator yourself, and obviously working with people we respect, like Fanzo and and you know everybody else who who you've networked with, and there's so many I can't even name Sandy Carter and things. Well, do you think that you know some of the experience you had working with some of those influential types led you to want to be more of an educator? Or do you think that was just something that was kind of ingrained in you and you were going to go that direction anyway? Hmm, that's a great question. And I, w- I would, I would guess that it's both, right? So, uh, for, for everyone who knows me well, they know that, um, for example, I, I keep this, uh, journal for my son called letters to Solomon. It's on a website, letters, Solomon.com. Uh, and I try to like leave behind whatever fatherly advice I can along the way. Right. Um, and part of that, that, that journey of doing that, this thing in general is really about education at heart. And one of the life lessons I leave behind for him is that 
um, you know, that it's always good to teach, right? And you should always like seek out opportunities to teach and to help others, right? Because what it really does, you know, it has a two-sided effect, right? On the one hand, you can lift someone up maybe from where they don't, where they need to, to where they need to be, right? And so, you know, we're only as smart as the thing we just learned, right? And so a lot of times you're doing something, you're hearing something, you're learning something, and that new mastery you get is ultimately super beneficial to someone just on your heels, right? So I think there's like this powerful attribute of like being able to help others by sharing the things you've learned. But there's also this selfish purpose to it, right? Um, What I found is that I will make the same mistakes in life over and over again. And largely it's because history always comes in a disguise, right? Um, you're, you'll say something like, oh, I'll never do that again. I'll never go out with someone that I'll never be friends with someone like that. I'll never, you know, make this business mistake, whatever it may be. But the next time it's just going to look different, but it really is the same thing. Right. And the interesting thing I found is that when someone asks you a question and you have to answer it, what you actually do, it's like the turning on the trash compactor, right? So it basically forces you to get rid of all the junk, the stuff that didn't matter in what you experienced. And it gets you to share the actual wisdom from that thing. And so I think there's like a really powerful thing about being a teacher that facilitates, um, you know, sort of like that self-improvement for all parties at all times right now. So that that's me at heart, I guess, like I've always believed that, you know, in, in teaching education and whatnot. I think um, in particular with creators, though, and influencers, um, you know, like I've been an entrepreneur also my whole life. And, you know, uh, I've, I've had to, you know, I've lived in, in my office for years, right? Like where the only gym I had was the one in my, like at my gym. Uh, the only shower I had was the one in my gym, right? Um, I've been all the way up and all the way down. And so, you know, I really appreciate entrepreneurship, I think, at heart and in general. And I really love the idea of being able to foster it in more people. And I think we've come to a point now where there are many, many people who are exploring entrepreneurship or considering it for the first time. It's completely bewildering to them in a lot of ways. Um, it feels inescapable, maybe like uh, and to the sum, it also feels inevitable. And so I want to be there to try to help them you know, get to where they want to be. And part of the way we can do that, or I can do that at least is to build them great software that makes it possible for them to be successful and sustainable over time, as opposed to sort of where everyone else sort of wants these quick hits from them. Yeah. And and you're definitely doing that, you know, the software component, we'll get a little bit more into that as well, obviously. But I I think that you being there and, and being there as a guide for people is extremely important because you know, even when I was doing the full-time teaching thing, even prior to getting into the real estate game with my wife, because that, that was a transitional component too. But, you know, the teaching thing, like I was always an innovator and I was always a content creator, but it was a different type of content. And the innovation was just a lot more on the spot and a lot more direct and a lot more individualized. Um, but I think, you know, that educational component or the educator component that you bring to the table is incredibly valuable for people who are right now, especially in this market, looking to build. And that's why another reason why I wanted to talk with you so specifically, not put you off for a couple of weeks, because, you know, I know the holidays are coming around for a lot of people here and, and everything, but you know, the value that I've gotten, not just, you know, through, through using Zealous myself, but getting to know you as a creator of it gives me a lot more confidence in it, if, if that makes any sense. And anybody that knows me or listens to Fired Up on the blockchain with Travi 
podcast, I don't just ask anybody to come on. I, I really think that I, I have to either know them or know what their product is or somebody who I respect a lot in the space whose stories I think are very valuable for other people to get to know. So let's get a little bit more. You, you talked a lot about Zealous. Let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of, of what the creators right now have, because I know like, I'll just tell you from, we talked about this, like I have a one-stop shop, any, this exact, <laughs> this exact Twitter space is going to be on my Zealous homepage. And with a click of a button, it will become a podcast. Um, I'll do an intro, I'll do a closing, I'll probably edit and clean it up and, and that kind of stuff that goes along with, you know, putting out a podcast. But there's other things as well. I mean, I know that you've implemented some things for YouTube. I know that I could even use my podcast and now bring them into Zealous and then push out social media um, with, you know, some of the, the reels and <laughs> and the TikToks and all those things that, you know, these crazy kids out there are doing these days. So, <laughs> so I'm wondering if you can talk to people about that out here as well, because we do have some people here I see in the room who have a pretty strong TikTok game. Um, but we do have some aspiring podcasters. I, I know I see, you know, Becky and Liz have been here for a while and uh, I know that they're looking at doing some really great stuff. So tell them what they, you know, people out there, what they have to look forward to with uh, the new things going on with Zealous. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, we've been working on trying to figure out how to better describe what Zealous does. And, you know, this week's version is, um, uh, you know, that we basically help you save time and money while building your community. Right. And I think, um, you know, to your point, Travi, I like to tell people, like, if you can give us 30 minutes of talk, we'll give you a week's worth of content. Right. And so let's just break down how that works. Right. If you can talk for 30 minutes, especially if you talk to somebody else, right, what you will do automatically, especially in a space, all these little reactions that we're doing here, those all get registered by zealous. And so, Essentially, you can now see the most important moments in the convo without ever doing anything. And so, you know, philosophically, Zealous, our job is to like eliminate things that you just don't need to do, right? Downloading files and stuff like that. Most of that's nonsense, right? Uh, we want to make as efficient as possible the things that we still need you to do, right? So maybe like adding chapter markers or, you know, adding notes. Uh, and then, of course, we want to ease the burden by letting you work with your and partner with your community to sort of do the work, right? And so, you know, as you mentioned, um, we can take any Twitter space and seamlessly turn it into uh, a full length YouTube video, any number of clips and shorts and reels and, um, you know, all the other variations you can think of. Uh, and then we can, of course, turn it into uh, a text based transcript and an audio file that can also be used in a podcast. And we do all that dynamically and it happens automatically and it happens minutes after you upload your uh, after you complete your space. Right now. Our audiogram tools, if you don't know what an audiogram is, just basically a small video created from a, a little uh, bit of audio uh, so that, you know, why people are going to YouTube, for example, is that YouTube is, I wouldn't say it's one of the best podcasting platforms, but it is certainly the, the place where a tremendous amount of podcasting content is consumed. And so, you know, NFT projects, podcasters, et cetera, all sort of want this additional breath, um, the additional reach. And so traditionally you would have to like, you know, run it through like a massive service, uh, you know, or a series of services to be able to get to a video, we can export it automatically uh, as a full length video for you to use over there. Um, the same thing with your TikToks, et cetera, right? And it goes back to that audience community dynamic, right? I think you, um, you want to be able to take the best moments and share it with the public so that they can understand and see the value and the types of conversations that you're creating inside of what you're doing. 
And then at the same time, for all those busy folks that are in your community, they, whatever it is, Circle, Discord, Slack, Geneva, whatever, you also want to make sure you push this content down to them. Because the reality is that despite the fact that they may be hyper engaged mentally, right, that doesn't mean physically that they are, right? Like they were like, I'm here because I want to be here, but I get busy. And so I miss a bunch of stuff. And so I think like making sure you create a safe a place for your own community, also discover that content is really, really important. So, you know, right now we're working towards our paid launch. It'll happen in, in early Jan. Uh, we have a new audiogram builder coming. It has 10 brand new templates. Uh, all of our templates automatically work in nine by 16, 16, nine and square format. So you can use them on any social platform. Um, they're fully configurable. You'll be able to change the fonts. You'll be able to customize your logo, uh, a whole bunch of other things like that. Uh, we should have an early test for uh, our NFT holders uh, and our beta access folks will have access to it probably by the end of the month. Um, and then we hope to have it like, you know, released into, you know, at least a beta form uh, come, you know, sometime in January. So that's the main thing. I think, um, you know, if you want to look forward where we're going and what are the next steps for Zealous, you know, it's, Travi, the, the, the workflow you just described is exactly the thing I want to fix for, right? So, we want to be able to enable anyone who does Twitter spaces to basically be a better podcaster by default. So I think, you know, bumpers and trailers, like you mentioned, uh, potentially could go in as, you know, pre-recordings that you want us to drop here or there. Um, and, you know, what we do in Zealous is make the transcript into like a Google Doc. And so that has a lot of power in terms of like enabling commenting and reactions, chapter markers and notes, you know, but I have some interesting theories about like, you know, for example, like inserting like a ad slot as a, as an annotation, and then just allowing that to be a dynamic ad that gets inserted into your, your space. Right. Um, so lots of things like that, like building tools to better support creators, I think is going to be a lot of what we focus on in Q1. Um, we're also going to be working on making better communities and making all of your content more accessible to folks. So <clears throat> that's going to include a couple of key features. Um, one of them is going to be translation. So we are working towards being able to actively translate your transcript uh, in from English or well, basically any language into any other language. Uh, and then to carry on from there would be to then go text to speech. What that really means is basically we're going to have a robot read your words out loud uh, so that someone can listen to that content in a foreign language, even if they weren't there in person or even if it wasn't spoken in English, for example. Now, why do I think this is really important? <clears throat> Um, all of this is important, I think, is that ultimately content should be available to your members wherever they are, not where you tell them to be. Right. So if they prefer a podcasting app, they prefer Discord, they prefer Twitter, you know, you should meet them where they are. Uh, I think content should be as accessible as possible. And I think that means both uh, tailoring it to people's learning styles, a.k.a. video. Some people like to watch. Some people like to listen. Some people like to read. Uh, and then I think furthering on that. It should be accessible in the language that gives you the best chance to comprehend, understand, and participate in that content itself. And our last philo philosophical thing, I think, is that it should be asynchronous. And what that really means is it should not be worse an experience because you couldn't be there live. Live is wonderful. I love it. I think it's great. I love being here. I love interacting with people. However, it should not be a premium thing, right? Uh, folks who are here, who are paying attention, who should have a voice and want to have a voice. We think you need to create the right surface area for them to have a voice. Uh, and Zealous, I think, is one of the few tools that really does a good job of putting that forward so that you don't feel left out. Um, and it gives everyone a chance to participate, even though they couldn't be there live. 
And this is why Zealous is winning first place in the CPG Club <laughs> Awards of $15,000. Dude, this is incredible. Listen, so Greg mentioned that there are audiograms that track your uh, reactions here in Twitter spaces. So everybody, please throw up a heart or a hand clappy emoji for what Zealous is doing. Because, Greg, you talked about Zealous doing some things in Q1 and I'm already sitting here in Q4 of the previous year. Like this is the greatest thing I've used since I started. You know the creator, <laughs> the, the creator stuff. I mean, yeah, throw some. Yeah, I see him coming now. I know there's a bit of a delay. Um, listen, man. Yeah, you know, I, I think that you put a whole heck of a lot of thought in, into this, and it seems like you're doing it with certain creators in mind. And again, you know, I, I mentioned some people here today who've got Twitter Spaces and maybe doing some podcast stuff, and I see some people who I'd like to see. Actually, so I see Casanova here and he does the lazy sports with, you know, the lazy lines and, and he's he's very involved in a lot of the same communities that I'm involved in. And what I love to see Casanova do is kind of maybe even turn it into like a little bit of like a like a sports. Yeah, he does sports prediction, um, Twitter spaces and stuff like I think the potential that he's got going on with the lazy sports Twitter spaces could could really, you know, fly just using one or two of the things that I'm using now, you know, let alone all the things that you have coming up, man. So, so props to that. And again, a lot of thought has been put into these things. And I wish that, you know, people in this space were, were as thoughtful. Uh, I know everybody here is because not only are they listening to this space right now, but many of them are also holders of the journey, by the way. And so are you, Craig. So thank you for that. But I, I do think that you know, we talk a lot too in, in Web3 how, you know, maybe Twitter or even sometimes we talk about the real life events are, are like an echo chamber of some of the same people. And, and I said this actually, um, you know, I, when, when Fanzo and I sat down in London for his 365 podcast, if the people here right now are the people that we're going to see and work with, you know, for the long term, like I'm here for this. Like these are the people that I'm so happy and proud to be working with. And you know, and you're one of them. And, and I know that you've got some pricing structures. I think we wanted to talk about that. Are, are we, are we set on pricing structures for? We, yeah, we uh, look, let's, uh, uh, pricing is an art <laughs> more than it is a science. Um, and so, um, I, I welcome feedback actually, if you don't, if you don't, if you'll indulge me, I will, I'll tell you how we're thinking about doing pricing for zealous. And, um, you know, if feel free to DM us and, and let us know if you think it's fair, reasonable, unfair, unreasonable, or we should charge more. I know no one's going to tell me that. Um, but the, um, yeah, so basically zealous right now, what you've been experiencing on zealous is basically the full fledged version. It has all the features on, you can use everything that's possible under a sun in zealous. We don't have any rate limits or controls around it. The only thing you can't do is claim a, a different username than the one that's matched to your Twitter account. But uh, we will have three plans coming up. Um, there's a host plan, which is really like a step up for anyone who does Twitter spaces, you know, I think in a more meaningful or professionalized way. Uh, and what that will include is all the real-time reaction data. It'll record, uh, include, um, you know, real-time links. Uh, it'll include access to our premium, our, like our premium, our advanced audiogram editor. Um, and actually a new feature that we just tested out today that, uh, Fanzo, um, uh, luckily and, uh, and Shira were able to benefit from, but we have a new feature called recording protection, which basically will, um, for our paid customers, will keep track of the spaces you did, even if you forgot to record them. Uh, and what that means is that you will actually have the ability to still, it'll put, it will have them as a draft and you can actually still import them even if they weren't recorded. We've been hesitant about this in the past, but 
I do realize now that, you know, Twitter provides them even if in the downloads. So you don't have to wait three days uh, if you did record it. However, I still encourage you to tell your, to try to remember to record it and to tell your friends you are. Um, so that's the host plan. It's going to be $8 a month. I know it's very expensive. Um, and it's going to come with, uh, I believe, 45 minutes of custom translation, uh, transcription. So Twitter transcriptions and Twitter space stuff is free for as long as we can support it. Um, <clears throat> the, the 45 minutes of custom stuff is actually like if you upload a file. So anytime you upload content to Zealous, uh, if you want it transcribed, you'd have to use up your custom transcription minutes. So you get 45 of those in the $8 plan. Uh, and then you also get 45 minutes of premium audiograms generated. The premium audiograms, what they do, like the difference is obviously all the customization, but also gives you the ability to like, you know, have word by word highlighting, uh, be able to generate like, you know, different formats, et cetera. Um, so all of that stuff comes in the host plan, starts at eight bucks a month. Um, the middle plan we have is for creators. Uh, and so this, the main difference I think from that and the, the previous, the host plan is just that it allows you to have more input sources. So for example, if you have, a, you do have an existing RSS feed or a podcast, you could bring that in automatically. Uh, if you have a YouTube channel, you'll be able to bring that in automatically. Um, and I think some of the tools we were talking about, Travi, like, you know, being able to add bumpers and trailers and whatnot, that stuff will be available only in that, ho in the creator plan. That's going to be 25 bucks a month. Uh, and then the last plan is the uh, community plan. It's the $50 a month plan. The main difference from the other two plans is that it adds a tremendous amount of security controls. So this is where like all our web three friends will likely be purchasing because it allows for discord gating, uh, you know, um, guild gating, wallet based, uh, NFT based gating, et cetera. Uh, along with all those for formalized controls and a bigger team to basically run and manage it. Uh, also has like Discord connectors. So if you need Discord audio to come in, uh, that'll happen in the community plan. So those are three plans, $8, $25 and $50 a month. Now you may be saying, Travi, well, I do like three hours of content a month and that's not enough. So we do have some add-ons. Uh, the add-ons are just a, a add-on to your subscription basically. And you can just buy more time. So you don't have to switch to a higher plan, you can just buy more time based on like how you need to use it. Right. So if you do a weekly show that's 60 minutes and you're going to need four hours of content and you're on the host plan, and you only get 45 minutes, then I think it's like five bucks or something. And you can upgrade to like basically have two hours. Right. And so instead of having to go to a $25 plan, you can actually step into the usage model that you need. We found, we did our best to try to find a compromise between like our underlying costs, but also like not like providing you as much utility as possible and getting you to paying for as, as close to as much as you need without paying more. Right. Um, the, in addition to sort of these uh, paid plans, these are available with Fiat. Uh, we do have two NFTs going live uh, and they will be launching at the same time. Uh, and there will be a thousand of each of them. There will be 1000 creator Genesis NFTs and there'll be 1000 community Genesis NFTs. The price is 0.5 ETH and one ETH. And what they give you, uh, by the way, there are discounts available. So like a lot of our partner friend projects, like when you check out, if you have like a BFF in your wallet, it'll automatically take like 25% off. Right. Uh, so there's like discounts already baked in, just connect your wallet. We'll tell you the best price that we can give you. And we'll basically give it to you. Uh, our friends at unlock, uh, program that up for us as well. Thanks Julian and Chris and Patrick. Um, but the NFTs, the big difference with the NFTs is that, um, they're a little pricey, I guess, right. Relatively speaking. Uh, but they are lifetime plans. So you basically don't have uh, to ever buy a subscription to Zealous again if you buy one of those passes. 
Uh, we've already given away or we've picked 150 winners or so from giveaways that we've already done. I'm sure we will do more of them. We'll definitely do some for the journey. Um, but you know, I think we, we want to like still make more of those available. Uh, but we do think our NFT plans basically, you give you a little bit of the best of both worlds. Right. So I think like, you know, when we think and know your customer, right. Like our web three community plan, our community plan is like really targeted web three customers. We think one ETH for basically the rest of life to use zealous, um, doesn't strike me as like the most onerous of costs. Right. Um, cause we know we deliver a lot of value for that price. So that's, uh, that's the lay of the land, I guess on pricing. We plan to probably go live second week of January or so, uh, with all of this. Um, and so until then, by all means, you go sign up now and try everything and experiment and, and see what you like. Uh, and at some point, you know, in early Jan, uh, the filters will go in. And so basically some of those features will get moved, you know, into sort of the paid plans. Yeah. And it's definitely worth it, in my opinion, to, to check it out and, and give it a try. Because for me personally, not only am I hosting Twitter spaces, as you know, because you're here right now, I've got my I've got fired up on the blockchain with Travi podcast. I'm in there with Fanzo for NFT 365 season two. I'm creator and founder of the Journey NFT. I'm working on a ton of different partnerships. Uh, we've got Dgen uh, brand clothing apparel who we, you know we partner with. I'm popping into other people's Twitter spaces to either help host or be a guest and talk about what we're doing, and it's really helpful to me to not have to hire a full-time assistant, uh, to, you know, to help me out with all that stuff. And I, I feel like yeah. that's, that's it to me in a, in a way of, of kind of what zealous has been doing for me is really helping me just bring everything into one place. And that's really all I wanted because then when I do have a couple extra minutes then I could think a little bit more forward, okay, where do I want to share this on socials or what's my next step and things like that. Um, you know, and, and then what's fun too, is like, we can, we can always partner up on a, a lot of other fun stuff, man. And, and if, you know, NFT NYC real life events are going to be anything like the ones that we were just at in Miami and, and London, I'm sure that, you know, you and I, and, and some yeah. other, other brands can partner up and, and throw a nice shindig for our holders as well, man. A absolutely. And, and, and I think Travis, to your point, right. Like for comparison, I guess, right. Let me, you know, how we came up with all this stuff, right when I had my podcast, right? Like last year we paused, oh, geez, you see, it's this year. Like, you know, this is the thing. <laughs> like, all right. So I still, I had a podcast this year called the creative economy. We ran it this far with Ken. I think we did about a hundred episodes on that show. And, you know, my workflow was, uh, record in Streamyard, download, upload to Descript, uh, transcribe, download, open up premiere, create an audiogram, and then it's about an hour of my time all in with all the upload time, waiting, et cetera. Right. My, an hour of my time I consider to be very valuable. Right. Um, so, and just the tools, the subscriptions for just the tools I was using is about $110, right. Just per month. And that's literally to generate like a 15 second video, right? Like the car. And I, of course to host the conversation now with zealous, like we don't get rid of all those tools, but you know what I will tell you is that one out. We, we, by the way, we could get rid of some of those tools for depending on your use case, but that one hour of my time, like, even if you got like a good V a decent VA, like somewhere in a very, you know, place with a very low cost of living, $8 an hour. Okay, great. That's what you're paying zealous. Right. And like, that's how we think we've tried to put it so that everyone could get value. And you can see like, it's designed for creators to not break the bank and add some of this flexibility, um, and efficiency where they would normally just not do this. Right. This, this is the thing that bothers me the most is that, what we're really preventing is sort of like all of the inertia that prevents you from doing this stuff because we're all busy, 
Every one of us is an entrepreneur up here. We're a creator. We just don't have time to do this. And I, you know, I'd rather if, if four, $8 a month is enough for you to get a lot of three, four five, you know, audio clips a week from something you already recorded. I think you've won because you're doing more to market yourself than you were doing before. Right. And uh, we'll get better over time and you'll get better as a result of it. Yeah. And marketing is something that I've seen coming up in a lot of different conversations, whether they've been, you know, upfront, like, like the way that we're having right now or in the DMS and a lot of people talking about different ways that they could, you know, bring forward different marketing approaches. And it's just, again, it's nice to have somebody or, you know, a program or some kind of a software that you can rely on to, to be there for you. And, and like you said, you know, maybe there's an upfront fee or something like that, but in the end, it, it pays for itself. Um, and as I, I've said, I, I use it. So I'm not just, you know, I'm not just interviewing you to, to fill content. I'm interviewing you because I, I believe in not just you, bro, but like the, the product and the service that you put out there. One of the good things is that because we're building a community platform, and I think that the secret to Zealous is building a community platform that's much closer to your content than like a community platform normally is, Right. So, you know, when you, there's a thread pinned on my thing and I, we researched this only like 15% of your people are going to make it to your discord, right. From your Twitter. And so the question is, what do you want to do with the other 85%, right? Do you want to get them engaged? Do you want to get them activated? Do you want them to be part of the team? If you want that, then Discord's not where you're going to get most of those people to go, right? <clears throat> um, and so one of the things that, you know, I think as, as fundamentally as we're building a community platform, a new kind of community platform focused on conversations, um, you know, I, we see everyone who's in the room. We know who's here. So, um, all we need you to do is go link your wallet and basically we can, we can enable airdrops, uh, to your whole, to everyone in the room if we needed. Yeah. And, and let's, let's dig into that a little bit while people are, are coming up and, and that kind of stuff. We've talked about, you know, discord engagement and things like that being down. I remember there was something that came out not that long ago. I mean, I know the market's down, but, you know, and Fanzo, you might have talked about this on your podcast. I think that they had maybe thousands of people on their premint list. And I think only 5% or so actually minted. And that's a really crazy kind of statistic for me. And, and that's why, you know, Greg and anybody here who's a holder of the journey, I just want to touch on this too, because I, I want to get to Zealous, but I do want to definitely talk about for a second what we've done is it's been gated this whole time. Um, and anybody that's got on the list, I would say I, I did the math. It was like 90 something percent of the people that got on our list actually did mint, which is like to me, like incredible because it shows not, you know, the value of, of what community could be, you know, if you get involved and target and chat with the right people. And many, and many of you know, I've been in your DMs, but you know, it's also something that, that shows like the people who are, who are really in it for the right reasons. And, you know, pre-mint round number two just ended. And when I'm looking around and I see, wow, we've got a grant program that's funding a program for, for kids whose music, art, STEM, and theater are being defunded from public schools. And we've also got an artist support fund that we've been actively purchasing art and music from different artists and musicians who are selling their work on the blockchain. Like, we're, we're, already, we're already in this. And we're, you know, what is it, sixty or something percent? The last, the last fifty-seven are reserved, by the way. So there's really only three hundred pieces. I think we're at one seventy something. So the last premium round is going to be it. And so that's that's the only that's the last discount anybody can get if they're not on. 
you know, and, and I, and I look around and I see so many people I respect in this room who are already holders. Um, and Greg, you know, I th- speaking that that goes back to your point about community. That's why I brought that up because I think community is something that a lot of people use kind of vaguely, <laughs> especially looking back about, you know, eight months to a year ago and, and what, you know, they were getting out of NFTs. But now that a lot of the speculation is kind of shaken out, we we see community like we see each other in real life now. And I think it's incredible. So, you know, speaking of that, you know, fans, I know you requested to come up here. It's a pleasure to have you on stage, my man. Um, I know, you know, Greg and Zealous very well. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Great conversation. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun. I I get to be a part of both of your uh, projects with, you know, Zealous as well as the the journey and you know, big fan of both of yours. And, you know, I think one of the things I just wanted to throw out, you know, I have, I have zealous up in front of me right now. And as you know, Gregarious was talking about, you know, the different, you know, components of getting content out, you know, you have, um, Greg, you have like the announcements, uh, kind of like feature where we can kind of do a little bit of automation. Uh, and then you also have the ability to kind of organize, uh, some of our channels. I think one of the things that, you know, we've even heard Elon talk about, uh, here on Twitter is that like, there's no real organization of content from videos to Twitter spaces to pretty much any of the content we're putting out on Twitter. I'm curious, you know, Greg, I'd just love to hear your take on your vision on like uh, the channels and how like, you know, if people are maybe hosting more than one Twitter space or your Twitter spaces have different themes, like, you know, women in web <clears throat> three and, and such, yeah. how is that, how is that going to help not only organize, but then distribute it out to like something like discord? Cause you can, you can yeah. automate that as announcements. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, thanks for pointing out Fanzo. I, I, I forget all the features we have. Um, <laughs> we do have an announcements feature and what that basically does, it's like a trigger. So anytime a new conversation makes it into one of your channels, uh, we can then, post for you. Right. So we'll post, you write the note. We don't, you, you tell us the words to say, uh, but we can either post a message to your Twitter and let everybody know that the, the transcript is up, et cetera. Uh, or you can actually choose, connect your discord and then choose a channel and we'll put a message, a message into that channel. Now, fans has a really good question though about like, well, why do I need channels? Right? Well, I'll give you a good example. Right. Uh, I follow a lot of like fitness people on YouTube. But, you know, I think like maybe most of them are like morons when it comes to food. Uh, but like I maybe I like their workouts, right, or whatever it may be. And what you've never had really is the ability to say, like, I only care about this kind of content from a person. Right. And so I think like what we the reason we, we made channels was that one, we think like a big pile just creates kind of just as much a mess as discord. Not, I mean, it's still a better pile than discord's pile, I think, in my opinion, but either way, a big pile of stuff where you, because you are a complex person that has lots of interests and talks about a lot of things. It should not be such that like you force everybody to have to listen to everything. Right. And so what channels do is they give you a way to automatically sort your conversations into different groupings. Right. So just, just think of like each channel as a playlist for, everything on a certain topic, right? So you can do that by the way, by using just keywords or you can like, you can say like keyword where I'm hosting now. Uh, we actually just added that. I forgot. We didn't even mention that, uh, but you can filter uh, into a channel, like depending on whether or not you were the host or whether or not you were a speaker. Uh, and then now you can also put a keyword in. So for example, fired up is Wait, like one features available now. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm literally going through. I'm going through the channel, organizing it right now. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a second! I just spent the last 20 minutes doing it the other way. Okay. We did it. Uh, so we we just wrote out a feature like last week, and we're actually about to switch user URLs soon. But now it's just zealous.one slash at username, and you just put any Twitter username, and basically we'll go index that site automatically, uh, and we'll show you whatever conversation there. But that community that gets created at the at username space actually has two channels now by default, one hosted and one for, um, you know, participated. And the reason was this feedback from our fans, uh, from our users, right. was just that they're like, well, I want to make a podcast, but I don't want a podcast of stuff like where it's somebody else talking. Like I only want a podcast where I was the speaker. And so hence we added a filter so that you could only get the stuff where you're the speaker or the host ultimately to be there. Um, I think like the other benefit of this though, is that it becomes a heat map for where people are interested, right? Because you get to see like, oh, well, uh, by the way, and every channel has an RSS feed that so people can consume that content in their own podcast apps. So literally if I only want to hear the fired up episodes I on, on spaces, I can literally just subscribe to just that content. If I want the polished version, I can like listen to like, uh, Travi could bring his RSS feed in and I'll listen to the polished version instead. But now it becomes up to me as the end user to determine which parts of the content that this person puts out or this organization puts out is most interesting to me. The last benefit of having a channel is that you can also secure it any way you want. Right. So we support, for example, you can, uh, we, we give you like discord style permissions and premint style requirements. Right. So you can say the view permission for this channel, for example, like you can only view this, uh, this channel if you have this PO app. Right. Um, and, or you could be like, you have to have this role in guild, or you have to have this role in our discord, or you have to be, be one of these 10 Twitter handles. Cause I'm manually going to curate an allow list or one of these 10 wallet addresses, and I'll curate an allow list. So I think it, it starts to lead to an important part about community over time is that big, big piles of people. We heard this theme a lot that doesn't scale, right? What ends up happening is humans tend to go back to smaller and smaller groups, Right. And so you create more campfires by creating more channels, right? Because you give more smaller places for people to gather around that share an interest by organizing and sorting your content this way. Yeah, I'll just throw out, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on team uh, zealous. So, I mean, there's a biased side on that side, but you know, if, if I had to go back and do one thing over again, you know, doing the podcast every day uh, for the year, it would be the mistake I believe that I made initially with the Discord setup and even just my focus on community is I let the community channels be just group chats and then the content be secondary. Yet all of my work and time was put into the content. And I wish I would have kind of embraced kind of a, well, I guess I, guess I wish Zealous was around for some of these features, but creating conversations around content within a trusted community is the is the magic recipe that I think I you know, I missed that in the first year of this, and I think that's the beauty of what this is all about. And I think you know it's you know with the journey and, and everything that we're you know, is being discussed here. To me, the the conversation around community changes if we focus you know within a community, we can actually create those small conversations around content, which I think has been the missing recipe. And think about it for everybody's discords today. Very little of those discords the channels are about content yet most of the conversation that we want to have and especially on twitter spaces is all about the content right so i think mm -hmm. that, uh, it's been asked backwards for um you know the last year and a half and i know i made that mistake and i'm excited to kind of 
attempt to flip that now and, and you know, and yeah. tell us to do that vehicle. That's, I, I, you know, that's what I was saying before about bringing the, the community closer to the content. I think that's, that was like our big, uh, like learning really, right. Was that what we were making efficient and what we were making possible is something that like YouTubers experience all the time, for example, right? Like you go to most YouTube videos, there's a whole village like living at the base of every video. And, you know, the creator is as involved as they want to be. Right. But, you know, but the reality is that those people are talking to each other and the people who show up on one video type versus another are not always the same, right? Now we're going to do that for community conversations and for podcasts and for a whole bunch of other content as Monica, you know, um, on our team says, you know, we're putting community like around the content where it should be, right? Like, and there's a lot of these types of content and conversations that exist today that don't have a community around them that would benefit tremendously from it right now. And by the way, just to be fair and our, and, you know, and, and to point out like our good friend Abhinav is in the room and he's building your feed and it's a very similar concept, right? Like he's, he's making smaller conversations, not like not intentionally like tiny, but you know, but he's focusing people into conversations around things in particular, as opposed to open. And I think the more open it is, the more challenging it is for us as creators, as manager, community managers and leaders to be able to manage that whole thing, because it, you know, you have to worry about all the thousands of directions it can go while when it's around a piece of content, it means that you prepare better, you create better, and then you get better outcomes for everybody involved. Speaking of real life friends from the well, what's up, Liz? <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Hey, Greg. Hey, Fanzo. No, I sorry. I'm like last minute coming up here, but I just wanted to say hi. And yeah, I got to meet um, Travi and Greg last week in my or two weeks ago now in Miami in person. So that was so cool. Like IRL meetings is the best. Um, but I just wanted to say that you all like Fanzo, Greg, Travi, lots of others in the in the audience, like you are so inspiring and watching you create and go after it and build. It's really meaningful to watch. And I know Becky is down here in the audience listening, sending the emojis. I I'm sure I can speak for her on this as well, but you know, we're building the, um, girls night in web three spaces that we have and we're learning as we go. So it's really like really important for us. Like we watch you more than you think. And it's really like awesome what you're building, Greg, also to help creators. So thank you so much, all of you for inspiring us and kind of paving the path for some up and comers like us. So hopefully we'll be doing a lot more next year, but, um, yeah, I just wanted to say hi and show my gratitude. Appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, we, I'd certainly appreciate it. We're always humbled by all the things, you know, that we have yet to figure out how to do well. Uh, and so, you know, we don't have all the answers, but feel free if you need help at all, it doesn't matter strategizing or, um, you know, learning how to use Zealous, whatever it may be, just shoot me a DM. Uh, I spent tons of time. Like I said, my favorite thing in the world is helping other founders, uh, find success. I don't care what space you're in or what you're doing. Um, so if you need help just thinking about things or just talking through things with someone or brainstorming, um, we're here for you. Uh, we do have a public roadmap, by the way, uh, we build in public. So every week we have a town hall. Uh, so that's the last thing I'll mention is, you know, sometime during the week, we, we have a town hall, we'll talk about what new, uh, we shipped and then we'll usually interview someone who's doing amazing things. Uh, so you get a chance to sort of, uh, learn about their project and also maybe, you know, a little bit about how conversation is helping for, to build community. So if you have ideas, you want to see them built, head over to roadmap.zealous.app. 
Uh, and you can uh, leave your ideas behind. Or you can vote for anything that's already been suggested. We've built a, a significant amount of things from that list already. We continue to do so. So I appreciate your time and uh, I'm grateful to be here. And we look forward to uh, chatting again, both here and in IRL. See, see, IRL, that's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's making these connections and working, you know, and, and putting in that effort, but then also having time to get to know one another, really forging those friendships and really enhancing them with real life experiences. So it was awesome to have Greg. That's zealous.1. And for anybody who's newer to listening to Fire It Up on the Blockchain with Travi, we do have some great partnerships. I just want to remind you out there, the Journey NFT is our brand. It is in a gated pre-mint. So if you reach out to me, I will let you know how to get on that list and get on the pre-mint list. Once it goes public, uh, that's it for the discount. So it is uh, heavily discounted right now for friends and DGENs and family. And speaking of friends, DGENs and family, right in the show notes, you can go and you can see the uh, link for Unstoppable Domains. Get your digital identity today. There's .888.blockchain.dao.crypto.nft.wallet. And uh, there's a couple others in there. And it's nice to be able to have them for your personal or even your business wallet accounts, which now we do have for the journey, which is great. And keep a lookout too. Speaking of the journey as well, we've got our brand partner that is DGen Brand Clothing and Apparel. We've got our store right there on their website. It's really great to be one of their their partners. And uh, you know, there's a lot of partnerships too that that we love having, and we'll continue to build. If you're interested and, and you're a friend and <laughs> you're somebody who uh, you know I, I can already vouch for, then you know, shoot me a DM. Diamond Dogs, I mentioned during the show, Diamond Dogs has been a partner for us for a while they uh, are a team, uh, NFT brand that Evan Mendoza who formerly of the St. Louis Cardinals baseball organization now the San Diego Padres baseball organization has uh, and you get tickets to his baseball games and stadium tours a lot of great utility cases there for Diamond Dogs and there's so many things that we're going to continue to add on through the journey so keep a lookout for our Air Force Ones our very custom Air Force Ones and we've got some more amazing partnerships that I will be announcing very soon please make sure that you're ready for the holiday season keep yourself safe keep yourself warm and just remember to uh, touch some grass yes there might be some snow on this on the grass especially here in the Northeast but, you know, the NFT world could be a crazy, mixed up, kind of nerdy, kind of cool, brand new world of NFTs in Web3. But keep on doing what we always try to do, guys. And let's get out there. And uh, whether you're doing it through the Internet, through the computer, through Discord, Twitter, or anywhere else, keep on trying to bring one love to Web3. I'll catch you next time. Peace.